We have a very special guest on the show today. Breakout star of Nick's film school. That's what I would call him. Uh, Chris Chris Percyinen on the show today. Thanks for coming on, Chris. I'm sorry. Thank you for having I, me, guys. I appreciate this is, it, man. This is too much already. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping this would be a different kind of podcast today. We're recording on... Uh, on Thursday, June 3rd, I was hoping we'd be talking about game six. Unfortunately, as we know, the Knicks lost yesterday. Yeah, the season's no, over. No preview. Yeah, unfortunately. no preview. Yeah, we're looking back, unfortunately, and looking forward. But we're. this is not one of those podcasts. I saw a lot of weird takes today that people being upset about the way things ended and upset about the way the season went. Yeah, And I guess we'll talk about that. But this is not one of those podcasts. But... Chris, you were there at game five and you were there this season. So I wanted you to talk about that. What was it like being there? Well, to, to, to talk about the season as a whole, um, it was great to get to be a part of those 3000 person crowds, the like four or five times I, I got to be, or what, whatever it was, uh, because that's probably not going to happen again. That, that, that was weird, and it was cool. It was weird. Um, the players could hear me from further seats than it usually takes for players to hear you. Um, I had Tyrese Halliburton shake his head at me and wave me off after a certain group of sentences that I yelled at him um and and then it was very cool to twice be part of a playoff crowd so game two i was there game five was lucky enough to be there at both of those a win and a loss um the win of course new york's only in the postseason uh an incredible experience almost Almost, if it weren't New York, it would really be incredible. But it it's credible. Uh, what happened in the streets after after the win, which I was very rambunctiously a part of, uh, <laughs> proudly. Um, and and it was cool to be there for Game Five because it was because it was a loss that it was the last game that the 2021 Knicks will ever play. Um, this team will be back in the sense that Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and Tom Thibodeau and Leon West, maybe Perry, it seems, uh, and guys like that will be back. But this specific team, because of our expectations going into the year, uh, and and how we just kept incrementally increasing our expectations and they just kept forcing us to increase them um this this specific team is the carrier the the 
the messenger of a all-time memorable season for for me um just because there's something like something really special about what we did because of the expectations to me like not not just uh the fact that we were the fourth seed but the fact that we were the projected like 14th seed that was the it that, that just makes it that much better to me i don't know like the fight that this team showed up with every night um kind of that was the only thing that was off to me was that randall randall played questionably intelligently throughout game five and the series and it felt like a extra disappointing end to a disappointing series but other than that i i I said and i wrote in in the piece that i'm gonna have coming out at some point soon for for kfs about game five that it was like beautifully deflated at madison square garden like like it wasn't it wasn't a crowd that just like that was the title window and you you blew it you know like everyone was sad but it was like a we don't really care sad because this is just the beginning um so it was it was beautiful to me in a way that like msg was still full of life it was just like hollow uh you you could you could hear yourself echo you, you know like it, it was it was weird it was weird so i'll ask about game two because that's obviously the uh the better memory of the two games i was reading like it sounded like it was a, a very young crowd like a lot of like college kids age and i'd say yeah bondy like had sub the 30 oh, yeah okay that's a, it was bondy um uh, like, I saw obviously him there yeah, night, yeah game two outside you know you guys are going crazy like as you should um but did you get that same feeling kind of like that wasn't so much um like an older crowd it was it was like a lot of young people like you know wanted to get that get out and get to a game after not being able to go for a long time yeah so i think the fact that it was a playoff game um is is was the factor in that and not covid that's my theory okay because that corporate crowd as bondi himself Mm -hmm. described them um you know, it's like you go golfing or you go to the Giants game. I have a friend who has season tickets to the Giants in great seats because his dad's company uses them to attract clients. Uh, it's a business thing. So the Knicks are in New York City, as everyone knows, um, and and have a lot of business people come to games, fill up suites, fill up rows in the 100s, uh, and those tickets will always sell with no problem because it's, it's a business expense. You know, it gets written off. It's fun for the people involved. At the playoffs, these companies are not signing off on triple the price tickets mm-hmm. for, you know, for in, in place of a dinner and a wine and dine. You, and, you like, and also the big companies like you know, that, that, that buy the big companies that buy those those blocks of whether it's a suite or tickets like they, they didn't buy them in the beginning of the year to use all year long because obviously COVID. But then in the playoffs, it's like, I, I don't know if like that big company is going to be like, yeah, all right, the tickets invest. sold out yeah. in minutes because yeah, the fans just went and mm-hmm. swarmed the yeah. site. Next year, may I mean, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, the enthusiasm is going to be off the charts no matter what. 
But next year, I would imagine like some of those corporate um, companies get big, big into it. But oh I mean, yeah, like that's selling tickets was never a problem for Madison Square. I uh, I've said one this. thing they've never had to worry about. I've said <laughs> that's for sure. I've said this, and people hate it. Old old Nick fans hate it. I like being young because I get to say old Nick fans. Like I get to say that. That's cool. Old Nick fans hate when I say this. And I say that we are very on our way to being another Lakers, to being Lakers East. Uh, whether Lakers are Knicks West or where Lakers East, like that's how it's going to be. Um, it's Leon Rose and William Wesley. Like this team is going to get to a point where that's like at a certain point, it is going to be which star are we choosing to pay? Not can we convince a star to take our money? And that is a problem that even like the Mills Knicks were faced with. You know, I remember Walker and Harris were guys that they were like looking at offering maxes to, but then Walker didn't want to come because KD or whatever. Those guys are all going to want to, those caliber guys are all going to want to come now. And we, we should turn them down in, in waiting for a bigger fish, in my opinion. But like, yeah, I, I've, I still think like, we're gonna be the, the Lakers East. That that's my it's my my take. Danny's smiling at that take. I'm processing that take right I'm now. I'm just Lakers saying East, I yeah. I must be old because yeah, I'm I'm way yeah. older than Chris. I like so. all right. So like I think what you're saying it like it definitely could happen, but I don't like I don't think it's like a high possibility necessarily. I just don't see us sucking because like, for example, going into this year, analysts might've seen us and Cleveland the same way and been like, yeah, but it's the Knicks. They suck. Mm. Cleveland's going to be better and picked Cleveland to have the better record. That's like, that's not real. That's not a thing. And now all the young stars around the league, that we're waiting, like people never take this angle into consideration. It's not just that we suck. Like think about think about it from a player's perspective and be selfish. Are you gonna get taken seriously, like in your legacy or whatever, if you go to a garbage Fisdale Mills New York team? Like, no, you're not gonna get taken seriously. You just went to you just went to get your checks paid by Jim Dolan because they offered you triple what you're worth because they can't get anyone else to go. No one had any excuse. It's not reason. There was always a reason to come to the Knicks, and that's New York because the NBA players that are happy losing games and collecting checks, there are more than people think, would always love to play in New York. But there was no excuses to play in New York. You could not get taken seriously if you came and signed with the Knicks. Now, there's a Tom Thibodeau-led competitive team going out on the court every night. Oh, you know, even Austin Rivers was talking about, we're building something, people are going to want to be a part of it. That worked out how it worked out. Uh, so I think, he wasn't wrong. I think I agree. He wasn't I, wrong. I agree with you. Just the Lakers thing on the on the front of it threw me off. I that threw me yeah. Off. Who's Leon's LeBron? Yeah. If if you're going with the Lakers thing, who's the guy? Because that's how the Lakers thing started with one guy getting there. Who's our one guy? Because I'm sure you have someone in mind, right? Can I be super evil? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we would support that. <laughs> so the Lakers paired an athletic freak with a 
highly touted Kentucky product. Um, and I think that if you switch the roles and have our play finisher be the athletic freak and the play initiator be the Kentucky product, uh, go for go for Devin first and and pair Devin with with RJ and Julius. Give Julius his max, and then when that expires, let him go home to the Mavericks. Let them overpay him at age 30 or whatever and be screwed with that albatross while we get CAA Zion to come knew, in and play with his buddy RJ. And then, like, Booker and Aiton has a serious, you know, they have Paul, who's very good, and then they have three and D guys up and down. RJ Barrett is like your Aiton, I guess. And then you have like I don't, RJ Barrett's like your better bridges. And then you have Booker and Zion instead of Booker and Aiden. I just meant I, I connected yeah. RJ and Aiden because of draft stock, but like, no, RJ's no, no, your, I, I, your I, wing. Yeah, I know what you're, I know what yeah. you're saying. I, I, I knew I was going to revolve like, why, around Devin Booker, but man, Booker I and Zion. Zion thing coming. Why not? So I, like I, looked, I said, I, looked, I said, can I get evil? I said, yeah, can I yeah. get evil? Uh, no, I love Booker, it. RJ, and Bead. Uh, I like how in these scenarios too, like you're already in like 2027 talking about Julius Randall's got a terrible contract. Yeah, like, yeah. I, Let I the Mavericks deal it. with the with the Brooklyn can sign him then too. That'll be his that Julius Randall. You find with the Knicks that. Whether ironically or unironically, the cert- certain players that are just like such nips are gifts that keep on giving. For example, Joe Kim Noah, we are still paying him. That is an ironic gift that keeps on giving. Alfred I could, Payton. I could get the Joe Kim Noah jersey out, right? Alfred now. Payton, think about this. Not, not only did he suck, but the fact that it took so long to get him out of the rotation caused us to be slow at picking up you know, speed with our new rotation in the playoffs when it mattered, he wasn't even getting a single minute. And yet he was still negatively impacting the encore product because they had no chemistry, a gift that keeps on gift. So I think Randall will, will be a, an actual gift that keeps on giving and, and screw either Dallas. Hopefully he goes home to Dallas and screws them or Brooklyn or, or some team. I, I think you're thinking too small right now. I think you got to think Randall goes to Dallas, but at the same time. Oh, you want Luca? Luca's getting fed up with all, everything going on in Dallas. They haven't won. And then Luka, Randall starts demanding touches because yeah. he, he's like, you know what? Rand, yeah, Randall's, Randall's like. Remember what I Randall, did back in New Randall, York in 21? Get along, yeah. yeah Randall, Randall and Luca Luka, hate each other. They both need the ball too much. And then. Well, because Luca's the. Rand, Randall's like. Randall wore a dipset shirt, you know, like the first day of summer league. Like, <laughs> Luca's like crying to the refs after every play. I don't know. Randall, Randall really doesn't like Trey and Capella. Like he genuinely dislikes those players because of how they've interacted on the court. There are NBA players who are friends and who mm-hmm. uh, are are tough with each other on the court because they're friendly and stuff. And then they get off the court and swap. Tr- like Randall genuinely does not like those guys. I, I don't think he would like someone like Luca if Luca was acting how he seems to now. So yeah, this, Honestly, we might be onto something. I think, really? I think we got something going here. Operation Free Luca. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Vivek and uh, Topher. 
And somehow, um, somehow they they combine Luca with Booker, Zion, and RJ. And well, you're just putting more of them. You go Zion, RJ, front court at that point. You just go yeah. super small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that that's a perfect transition because I when I saw uh, Chris Paul, the Chris Paul report Ooh. today. No. Yeah, I know Chris doesn't want to talk about Chris Paul. Bree, no, I love Chris Paul. I have the Lob City era jersey in my closet. But Chip, I know you love him enough to want to pay up for multiple years, and the answer is no. Not, not even one year. Or are you talking for multiple years? The answer is no. Two, how many? two years, two, two years. but then how much? Because if you're giving him enough that he'll agree to only two years, then you probably can't move off that deal after one year. And that is the situation I'm not okay even potentially being in when we don't have to be. You don't know. What are you saying? You think he's just going to fall off so quickly next year? No, I'm saying that if we have the good problem of needing to clear up cap and we need to be able to, I'm not getting stuck with what was I, I was, I'm not that young. I remember what happened with Chauncey and Chandler and Steve. It's, Nash. Yeah. It's, but, but I don't think any of those guys, they're like, not signing Chris Chauncey Paul to trade him anyway. Yeah, John I'm Rose saying I'm saying, saying that I, mean, I know what you're, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got you, but I, I signing Chris Paul. I'd like retire. to remain. I'd love for whatever we do this off season. Like last off season, uh, Leon said RJ and Mitch were like the two cornerstones, right? And I said, if that's what you're gonna say, then that's this is all. Speak, all I need at the end of this off season is an off-season that shows me that you are serious about putting those two guys and the other guys you named, Frank and Knox, and and your draft pick, who ended up being draft picks, topping in quickly, in a developmental situation where they are, are like productively getting better at basketball. Because I know that once RJ starts getting good, which he did sooner than I expected, uh, that you know guys like Trey, now Jaw, are going to want help. Trey wanted help and they went out and bought it and now jaw is going to want some more help and they're going to have to go out and figure that out in some way i just think that it's really really valuable now uh the goal for this off season for it to be to, to be on your toes no matter what you do this off season you should buy improvements with your cap space you should utilize your draft picks Take one guy with one of your draft picks and stash him. Put him in Westchester, whatever, BJ Boston, Vrenz, whoever it is, throw him in Westchester. Uh, and then take the other two first. You want to draft two rotation guys. If you think that this class is deep enough, go ahead. I don't know if they think that. I doubt it. I doubt Thibodeau wants two rookies in his rotation again next year. I think he would view that as a slap in the face of a reward after this season to have to like deal with two more rookies in air quotes for our he doesn't listeners. Want one rookie, much less two. But what if you, what if you package the two picks to move up? I'm saying use is, the two picks, okay, yeah, use yeah, one, no, use no. one of the picks and knocks and something else and go get a veteran and then draft with the other and draft the stash with do whatever oh, you I'm, do, improve the team and be able to say to yourself and you're better your definitively better roster at the end of the off season that you are still flexible on your toes, ready to accommodate a star. And you still have 
uh, your system in place. Now, do I doubt, do I have any doubt that Thibodeau like will not still have his guy? Like, no, that's going to, he'll consult with Leon and that'll all be. So the only worry is really flexibility. Like I, I'll say right now, if Tom Thibodeau were Pobo and Leon were not, like he oh would have God. traded for Norman Powell at the deadline and extended him this summer to like money. And we that would be like, hit, right that would, Hey, oh yeah, well we'd have Hayward. And if we didn't, then we'd have Powell at like similar money to what we were offering Hayward because Tibbs just wants to throw the 20 million we have at a guy. <laughs> and that's what he would do. I think, I think you have to stay on your toes. One, two year deals. If they're more than one year, you, you have to be able to move out of them. Lowry, if you get him to agree to a two year deal, is that going to be at an amount that you couldn't trade yourself out of after one year? I don't think so. Someone like Paul, if he's opting out of 44 I, million. I don't think they're going to, like, I agree with Chip. I don't think they're going to sign Lowry and Paul. Like, all right, we can trade him after the season. I'm just saying they, like, yeah, they, like shit happens. Like what if not I, every contract let, needs to I'll be. pick my guy. What if Booker has a huge falling out with, with Bonnie Williams out of nowhere. And it's now or never for him. Highly unlikely. My, everyone can, loves Monty Williams. I'm talking. I said, just, let me yeah, pick. Using an example. I, okay, I, okay. 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 What if it? I, I don't want him. What if it's Cat? And then Leon wanted. Oh, I thank God that, we're saved. For, thank God we're saved from training for Cat. But I'm just oh, saying. Oh, okay. Okay. Cat, Spider, Booker. I'll get evil again. Tatum. Something can happen. That's, Slightly become more possible yeah, now. That, yeah, and you know, you're screwed if you have 35 year old Chris Paul. How are you taking up a, a third of your cap? What he's going to get like 30 plus a year? How does right? that screw up your possibility for a trade though? Having Chris Paul? Because I don't think you can. I think once you pay Randall this summer and you have Paul and then you have the can, like, how do you make that work in a? Deal? Can't you move Randall in a Tatum yeah, trade? Wouldn't wouldn't Randall? presumably be the guy that would get moved in that situation. Oh God. And also Randall's Randall's <laughs> now they're paying. Now, now they're getting painful. He's going to no, be like 18. What now is now like I made, now I have to make million. tough decisions. He's like 18 million next year. I think like, so it's, it's, if he signs the extension, it won't kick in until after. Right. So you are, you still have that some flexibility there. But I, yeah, I, if you're trading for, if you're trading I love for a Paul. Player of, we know I love Paul. It's no, you just didn't like, sound like you loved them when I brought him I, up early. You I love got Paul me down right away because the thought right now of offering him a three for seventy five, or you don't know that's what it's gonna be. Three for seven, uh, maybe it, it's it's gonna be more than that. It's it's gonna be a lot of money. I guess it's gonna be Look. like three. For, it's gonna be like three for a hundred. That just I, hit Chip really quick. Yeah, it's gonna be like three for hundred, not three for seventy five. Because I'm saying be the thought I, I want of three seventy five. So the thought like, of three seventy five is in in theory very a good like a very good price, and just the thought of it is like ah uh, ah, uh, and then it's gonna be more. Three for seventy-five uh, would be a bargain. Would that would be a bargain? I would. And the I thought, and that's my point, is that the thought of three for seventy-five has me like, eh. So I'm, I'm, I'm I don't even want to think about. So more. all right, so I'll look to the past a little bit. Where Knicks have Chris Paul this year? Where do they end up? I'm they saying beat like the Hawks. 
Yeah, they 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 obviously they're going to be. And they'd beat right? the hob. They beat hobbled Philly too. Eastern Conference if, Finals. If, if MB I think the Hawks beat. I think the Hawks beat Philly if MB doesn't buy. It's yeah. It's all dependent on Embiid's knee. You disagree? Joel's meniscus, please. Joel's meniscus, please. <laughs> Joel's meniscus, please. I cannot stand for Trey Young advancing another round in his Mickey Mouse Eastern Conference Finals run. I won't. I won't do it. So, who who are you rooting for in an Atlanta Brooklyn Eastern Conference Finals? It depends on who's left in the West. Cause at that point I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of lesser of two evils. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, do I want who's making it from the West to be able to beat Atlanta or do I want them yeah. to get shit off? <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that. So it's a, it's a lesser of two evils sitch. Um, nah, you guys got me thinking about the, about draft and off season and everything. I just like, that's really it for me. That's really it. Well, is just I, get better and stay on your toes. Well, I was because I was looking at your tweet with Lowry in it, and I wanted to bring up those guys with you because that's why I brought up. Let's Paul. do it. Yeah, because I saw you tweeted Lowry, and I wanted to talk. You you tweeted out uh, Kyle Lowry. We already spoke about a little bit, but Rose and Gibson in a photo. Rose and Gibson, yeah. Just so, the, bring back the two. T- you know, like I'm not even someone who's like. Tom Thibodeau and his cronies are running the Knicks and it's nepotism. Um, But to an extent, Tom Thibodeau and his cronies are running the Knicks and it's because he has, it's like, of course he went out and got Derek and Taj. Now there's a reason that Derek and Taj are Derek and Taj, which is why he went out and got them. But like, you know, you, you guys get it. So it's like, I think he's earned that. I think he's earned getting to keep his Derek and Taj. It's yeah. like, I would like it's that. like, it's like, how do I even, cause it's not this, this analogy is undervaluing Derek and Taj. It's like, you just let your kid bring their like blanket or like little toy with them on the plane or whatever because them complaining about it and getting to shut them like it's worth shutting them up and having them like just play with the toy the whole time then then it, and then like needing to keep track of it whatever but like you you know the it's, kids the kids shut up it's, it's worth it blanket, it's worth it's it it's a good toy though so it's, I, it's I, worth I, it yeah, and and then I like agree. these these are exceptional scoring and rebounding and, <laughs> and defending yeah, yeah. This, this toy is <laughs> this toy has the best floater on the plane <laughs> this yeah. toy will beat your ass I love Taj, man. That's, and I think if Taj is like their again, like their third string center, who you know, like basically. Just well, played. the other guy I posted a photo of is Dwight Howard. Yeah, I was. Just, Besides oh, Malik yeah, Monk Howard. is Dwight Howard. If this Robinson Howard Gibson prospect Wells going to get center rotation offer, you would think, right? So Howard Howard could not be not from me. A, yeah, well, no, I'm not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> He he can walk, man. He was really good for us, and he was the only player in the NBA this season to average over two blocks and one steal, something like that. Two point two blocks yeah. and one point two. Noel was Noel was whatever. Great, but what, I think 
I think what we learned this year you let him walk. is that Tom Thibodeau, you can put anybody out there at center. Well, yeah. for Tom me, Thibodeau it's maximizes more about role players. Yeah. For me, it's more yeah, about yeah. Mitch is going to be back. Well, that, and that then too, because that Mitch too. is going to be back, it's not because Mitch is back that I want to let Noel walk because I thought Noel was a really good backup. It's how Mitch plays that causes me to want to let Noel walk because we are good now and we have to care about like playoff flexibility mm-hmm. which is crazy stuff we have to yeah we have you, to like keep that in mind you know as, what i mean as nice as nice as it was during the regular season for noel to just like seamlessly step in and fill in like robinson's role as he just time, blocks yeah, it's it's the the flexibility and the versatility kind of so i like dwight howard because the physicality like mm-hmm. That's what was useful against Capella, mm-hmm. you know, was Taj's physicality. Yeah, and and that's what you need in the East. I hate to say it, but Embiid, Taj um, is going to be a year older next year. That's what thirty eight now, thirty seven. He's up. He's getting up there. Has to has to be getting up there. And no, no uh, checking. It's it. It's probably not the worst idea to let him be the third trick, and then again. If someone is injured, he can play. The guy can can clearly play. Um, yeah, well, that yeah, that because that's he was perfect in this role this year, and you saw it. I just know? think too many people are penciling him in as next year's backup. Nah, like he I, wasn't. I would, yeah, he wasn't say. our like really awesome break glass in case of emergency. No, well, Pell was the break glass in case yeah. of emergency option. Yeah. That's who I want to replace with a prospect. So, like, if you want to use that one first you have on a wing. And then go grab a big with the second, or even just don't trade one of the two first. To take take Usman Garuba and let him be your fourth string center his rookie year, and that's okay because you're good. So it's gonna take like we have to stop thinking that we can just like draft Kevin Knox and let him play or like draft whoever like i was talking to one of my friends they're like well you can draft moody or zaire later and they can start uh, instead of i'm like no no tibbs is not like a rookie's not starting it's not happening and and people peg tibbs as like the only coach in the league that does this as if kerr and popovich aren't also like known triangle disciples who also hate rookies because they can't play defense i mean I don't know. This season, I again, I'm young. Um, this season, like, really showed me because I genuinely didn't know as well as I do now, like, why Tibbs is such a stickler for vets. Like, I get it now. Like, they just know what the hell is going on. That's why Dwight's my pick for backup center. Because Derek Rose and Dwight Howard. When you played, you know, five, six, seven, eight seasons and you played, you know, 82 games, playoffs, series after series after series, like you just saw it with Taj, like he might not have the athleticism. He might not have the skill that he used to, you know, he, he's like not exactly as nearly as talented or athletic as any of the young guys, but at the same time, just having that experience and that know-how, it really does like give you such an edge. That's I, I get it now. Yeah. I do. It's people, people make fun of Tibbs for having Tibbs guys, but. You can't you can't complain about what Derek or Taj did this year. No. Think about what Tibbs's roster moves were. He he showed up 
told them to get Omari Spellman the hell out of here and to get Taj Gibson back in the building. From Austin Rivers' trade deadline comments, um, he told them, you're trading for Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. And they said, we're waiting until he's more affordable. And he probably said, fuck you. And they probably said, yeah, we know, but but we're going to wait. Then they got him. Uh, And and then they got rid of the one white guy on the team. Tibbs was like, get this guy the hell out of here. Fix this. And that was it. That was it. That's really all they did. You know, besides besides the one trade that uh, I guess cleaned up the rotational spillover with Rivers is the way to put that. I guess technically, but he wasn't he wasn't really playing at that point anyway. But right, I, he he was the cup was too full with yeah with he was out yeah. But look, Rose and Gibson. You can argue were the two best players in that yeah, uh, in the yeah. Hawk series. I mean, they look obviously it didn't go the Barrett, way Barrett has to be up there. Barrett was I up think. there too. He came on yeah. later in the series, but you he figured I guess, it out. Yeah, like the playoffs. That's really yeah. really which, good. Which is and concerning then, that he figured it out before Julius Randle did. But well, what's more concerning is that people watched him figure out the playoffs at age 20 and we're like, yeah, we, we should have tanked. This was pointless. What the f- I think like, I think the, the, is I think the, the tanking problem- argument out there still? Yes. I you know I thought about that yesterday when they lost. It's alive. There's, there's gonna be people out there like there you know, are like, multiple, yeah, more than one. God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like why? I don't get it. I think if if there's anything you could take away that like goes against the tanking argument, Mac is like, right. We we that saw fart. we saw how <laughs> we saw how different playoff basketball is. So this experience, like believe it or not, like as bad as it looked for Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and um, quickly and top, and even though I, those guys were okay too, but as bad as it looked for the whole team, they're going to be so much better off for it. Than they would have if you know they just. Well, I was going to say drafted Cade Cunningham, but maybe he's a bad example. But it's like uh, that's, a, that's a terrible example. They, yeah, they're, they're, they're would not have, off, yeah, they yeah. have gotten that pick. Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten. Julius was on the team because there were no deals they liked, uh, and and you know assume they still hired Tibbs mm-hmm. because Leon took this job with Tibbs in mind. Um. Even even if that they they what didn't sign Burks and Noel and they yeah, just went total, they still would have gotten like the sixth to ninth, the fourth to ninth mm. pick somewhere in there, and it's like okay, well we have nineteen and twenty one, <laughs> like that, and then we also made the playoffs mm. like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think it's the, a good draft the experience is just it's going to be so valuable down the road. It's we like accidentally made the playoffs like. It's not like we went into this season mm-hmm. with the goal of making the playoffs and then we did it. Mm-hmm. It's like our goal this season was such a resounding success that we accidentally did so well that we made it to the fourth seed and hosted a series. Like, how does this how does this have anyone upset? I, I don't get it. Like the fact that we were in the playoffs is proof that you were wrong about tanking right there. Mm-hmm. And now you're just waiting until the series over to be like, see that ah, 
Like no, when the Knicks clinched a spot, you were wrong about wanting the yeah, tank. There, there were a lot, a lot of people out who were like, "Oh, see, the Knicks still suck." It's like, okay, well. Oh, oh, these are like, non-Knicks fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, oh, okay, okay. For, the I'm, non-Knicks for, fans. For the ones oh, saying, those yeah, for not, sure. Yeah, I'm the, talking about Knicks fans that are, wanted to yeah, tank. Yeah, no, but, those guys are also, out in full force today. There like are, the small market teams, yeah, like they, their writers and stuff. Oh, I are, saw the the Pelicans really guy was see, was really was, upset today. What we knew about Tibbs all along. It's like a lot of people like with that reaction where it's like, all right, you know, like you can criticize Tibbs for sure for for some of the things that went on in the uh, the playoffs. But anyone who's like taking this as a victory lap of like, I was right, Tibbs. He's not the every single guy. statement made about. That, it's like okay, all right. Like yeah, they've lacked it. every statement that's been made has lacked context, like yeah. necessary context. Look, Tibbs didn't have a good series, but he was no. also incredible the entire regular yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. What other, how many other coaches could have gotten 40 something wins out of that team? Maybe five in the entire NBA could have done that. Yeah, probably oh. like you'd say Pop, I guess, Pop, Carlisle. Mark, Mark Jackson, even though he's not coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick just, Nurse, I, I just, yeah, I just throw that. Brad Stevens, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Brad yeah. Oh. I'd rather start a franchise with him than any other player in the NBA. Danny Ainge, <laughs> if he was a coach, he could probably get forty wins with that team. Yeah. Oh my lucky, god. Lucky, lucky the leprechaun. I think he could get. He could get. Oh my god, that makes it all the much sweeter that the Celtics just fucking yeah are done at, <laughs> right yeah. now. Like, I, I know you guys aren't Kyrie guys, but it is. Like, oh, no, I like I'm a Duke fan. I, oh, I like yeah, Kyrie. yeah. Fine, I, yeah. I forget about that. I forgot about that shit. But yeah. the fact I like that Kyrie. All right, cool. All right. I just I assume all Knicks fans hate Kyrie. I, it's just no, like, my I don't hate him. I just but, don't root for him from actively, yeah, like loudly. But Kyrie is one of three players who got me into the NBA, really. He's so talented um with the ball. Uh, which is why I have always like, like just love Kyrie because he does things that you don't see. Him and else. KD, yeah, funnily enough. You don't and see And then Carmelo was number three. But what my point was just it's poetic justice that Kyrie and the Nets are like basically like undid the Celtics and Ainge quit and now Brad Stevens isn't coaching anymore. It's such poetic justice that, uh, that Kyrie was the one to do it. Crazy. He stomped on a logo. Yeah. Danny quit <laughs> his job. <laughs> it like like he had he had Kevin Garnett and Big Baby trying to fight him like over. Why do a, people a care cartoon, about that? A cartoon leprechaun. A cartoon leprechaun. Just absolute insanity that so many people care about that stupid leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, but you. Know, you it's Boston, yo. It means a lot more than you know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand what lucky means to us. I was really hoping Paul Pierce would make some sort of video yeah, yeah. about that leprechaun <laughs> in the strip club. <laughs> That's what I was waiting on. Paul but, Pierce, yeah, too good, too good. Uh, he was leaving. Listen, he was living it up after after his hey. letting yeah, that, go. That that glassy glassy eyed look. Waiting for his Fox Sports comeback because that's yeah. that's the next step for him. That's the natural progression. Yeah, he'll be on with Nick Wright, yelling about something. That's his next step. But I'm trying to figure out how things can go so 
full circle that he winds up on Fox and not Fox Sports, but oh. I couldn't find a I couldn't find a realistic path in my head. Speaking of full circle, perfect transition. Thank you, Chris. Evan Fournier. Oh my god. <laughs> We are here. Perfect transition. We're at Evan Fournier. Oh my God. I told you so, everybody. Evan Fournier is a name that we should keep an eye on for the offseason. You know what would have been cool if you're going to go out and pay him now? Taking two of the second round picks that you're going to trade later anyway and just getting him. Because then you could have had him against Atlanta. You know, you know the series that you guys are so mad about losing. You, one, you could have the one where you you didn't have somebody who could like you know pick up the slack when Randall was uh, was was slacking on offense. It was so crazy to me. Uh, not that people didn't want Fournier, but that like like Macri's justification was that he's not much better than Burks. I'm like. But Burks yeah. is really good. So why the hell do you not want two of them? <laughs> like, like you could have two Burks and yeah, one extra, is better yeah. than Burks. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so worth it. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, people are like, oh, that's a Tibbs move. No, no, no. The Tibbs move was going and not getting Gary Trent Jr., but getting Norman Powell or going out and getting Andrew Wiggins. As, as help on the wing Evan Fournier for two second round picks for me was just a shrewd display of oper, 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 being able to take advantage of an opportunity I, I don't know was that Dan, was that Ainge's last move as GM or as this is best in-season trade in four years but they were they were was his they were so close on so many other guys. Though. Yeah, they pussied they, they, out on. They Vujic, just though. they just they almost that one. they just that's every time a trade happens. So I I don't think I made it up, but I just always call him almost age. And oh. now like, mm-hmm. I wonder oh, if Brad Stevens oh. is going to carry on the legacy of uh, of talking to Boston reporters after a so trade. close. Oh, Stevens, saying, saying of course that, he will. Yeah. The uh, the Celtics were right there in the mix until the end, but the price was too high. Yeah, like, so low like and Kevin right O'Connor yeah, so will be right there, mm-hmm. right after the trade goes on. Sources, Woj too, right there. Yeah, don't Woj forget too. about Woj, Woj is a Boston fan. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Woj is from our neck of the woods. Yeah, from I think North Woj Jersey. is from New. Woj lives yeah. in Glenrock. I know he lives in Glenrock, yeah. but he's uh, he's a Celtics fan, from what I last heard which oh, is the only thing that. i've heard about him which was that he was a celtics fan so i don't know i know i know he's the saint bonaventure fan yeah he is that much yeah like huge he's yeah, diehard they, he, he went there yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember going over ob top and film with macri and him seeing that they were playing the saint bonaventure bodies and he just lost it <laughs> <laughs> So that's still funny to me every time I hear it, just because I remember how funny he thought it was that they were called the St. Bonaventure Bonnie. Nah, Evan Fournier is a guy who you can pay money to come start for your basketball team and be better on offense than Reggie Bullock. And assuming he buys in, which – 
you know, if he signs here and the whole shebang, you would think, you know, uh, and gives effort on defense, he can be, net speaking, a better player than Reggie Bullock because Reggie Reggie can't really get to the rim with ease, and and Bullock's free throw rate, Atlanta Fournier's free throw rate has gone up every season, like the last three seasons, to a notable extent. Um, Bullock struggled because he couldn't create his own shot, and then Fournier can do that. Mm. And then Bullock a, also struggled because when he couldn't four. create his own shot, he couldn't create for others, and Fournier could also sometimes mm. do that. So it's like this guy's just definitely better at basketball than Reggie Bullock, and you can pay him money to start for your basketball team, and you can set it up so that you can stop paying him money right when you want that money to use it for something else. Like this sounds incredible. <laughs> I don't know why everyone is not on board with this proposal. Like what they're like, Oh, but it's so much money for who else were you going to spend it on? Who you, point to me? The, no, Kawhi Leonard is not coming. Concede it. Now it's not happening. I, I think he'll stay with the Clippers. Um, because he got a ring and is now with his family. And I would assume that Kawhi Leonard would want to stay with his family. Kyle Lowry, sure. What well, Miami, whatever, maybe Philly will be, uh, who knows who will be in talks for him. Go for the better players. Obviously, like I said, make the team as good as you can while still, you know, being on your toes and not mortgaging your entire future. Um, I don't think paying up like what what's the number? 17 to 19 made, a year. He made 17 this year. So, so he'll want to he'll want a pay raise. A little bit probably, yeah. 19 to 21 a year on a, on average, like 19 and then 21 year 2. Can could can we pull off one of those deals where we only guarantee like 4 million year 2 and then have it be like a Twenty-one million dollar deal is that possible? I don't Some, think not for not for a player of Fournier's. Mm, I mean, maybe. Randall Randall did it. Randall did it. So maybe I don't. Know, I just I think Fournier is going to be looking for like three years, little, sixty-five yeah, million something, from someone, someone and something I don't like think that. someone gives him three sixty-five. That's a lot. I don't think he gets. Uh, I'm not familiar. We with can offer everybody him New York City cap space. And we can offer him a starting spot at Madison Square Garden. He's heard about how great it is from Frank, I'm sure. Like, has he? You think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Frank. <laughs> Frank has told him how terrible it was to play here under that yeah. regime. Yeah. Frank, Frank probably is like, oh my god, he's probably yeah. texting him this year. Like, it's completely different. Yeah. No, I mean, Tony Parker was was talking about how we 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 did frank wrong because mm-hmm. yeah. we did every you talk to any french player and he'll he'll say that 100 like 100 every single boris diao because that Bennett. kid was good and we lost him millions of dollars by just not letting him play which is not typical of tibbs so tibbs just tibbs typically gets the let me get paid. this out here let me get this out here so i can say that i said it because this thought has crossed my mind 40 Kajillion goddamn times, and I've never said it anywhere. And I see all the snarky tweets. Here is an example of a tweet that I see 
That upsets me. Tom Thibodeau is one of the most famous defensive coaches of all time. And if he thinks that Frank isn't good enough to play, he must really suck. That sentiment. And, and people are like, yeah, well, if Tibbs isn't playing Frank, Frank can't get minutes under Tibbs. Frank is a Tibbs play. Yes. That's why Tibbs loves him. Just at Alan Hahn, please, before you're so, going to continue The problem, continue this. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't even. The thing with me is that Tibbs with this roster is looking desperately for ways to pull a top 20 offense out of his ass. How the hell Frank totally could not have fit in this series. Alfred was in the rotation all regular season, and we cannot afford to have another non-scoring threat type guy. You know, Draymond can score the basketball. He's not a scoring threat. He's just really good at defense. Like, Frank is a tiny version of that, I guess. Um, especially on defense, tiny, like impact-wise. I know Frank is good, but he can't like anchor a you guys get it. Um it, it's just frustrating for Tibbs to trust him in like the 30 most important seconds of a game and at no other times. But I just think like for people saying that if Frank couldn't get minutes under Tibbs, that means like he really sucks. Like, no, Tib. Tibbs wishes he had a team good enough where he could play Frank. Tibbs wishes he could play Frank, and he cannot. That that I think that's the way to see it. I I hate when we speak about Frank like the he's clearly not good because Tibbs doesn't play him. Commentary. He's just not good at what he needs to be good at to fit in the role that Tibbs sees him as being on this roster because of all the wings we have. There's like a lot of necessary context. (laughs) I just like almost stumbled trying to give it all in one sentence. Like there's a lot of necessary context that goes into understanding why Frank doesn't play a lot. I mean, like the, the, my response to people who would say that like, Oh, Frank must not be that good. You know, but it is like, he did play in like the most important possessions of some games without playing in any other possession. Yeah, because Tibbs was like, all right, I can't do this. I just need to put you in. Tibbs is like, all right, I know he's like probably our best defender, at least perimeter-wise, but he's like, he's our best defender. Got Best perimeter defender, yeah. Yeah. It's like, got to go out there. You guys know I love Reggie Bullock. Trey was walking by. Different roster construction. Frank can fit in on on a winning team. This season. Mm Mm-hmm. This season, he could have been playing playoff minutes on a winning team. And yet, he's glued to the bench in New York, and and his 2K rating is low. So people are like, ah, he sucks, (laughs) if you saw my tweet today. Uh, It wasn't even about players like Frank. But my tweet today, I tweeted today, like, I have this theory. Uh, that like more people than we think base their perception of like what player is better than another off like NBA 2K and their ratings and what players can do in the game. Uh, And it like explains a lot of the takes I get. Like I put out the Malik Monk photo. Everyone's like Malik Monk sucks. I don't know why you want him over 
Bullock or like over whoever. It's like, what? What? There's such a <laughs> negative like Johnny Bryan and Kenny him. Payne and yeah, like there's a stigma know. to Malik Monk now. There is, and he, it doesn't matter how well he plays now, and he's been really good. Or the season's over. He was really good uh, this year. Like he played the best basketball of his career this year, and it it doesn't matter how well he plays at this point because it's like just the name he's one of those guys you say the name Malik Monk and you post a picture of him in your case Chris and Knicks fans are going to be like no way I don't want Malik Monk on my team I don't need to look at his numbers it's like Malik Monk played really well this year I know he had LaMelo Ball I know Terry Rozier played awesome Devontae played well too when you get a guy like Malik Monk in the building, it's because you have trust in Johnny Bryant, Kenny Payne, um, and Tibbs and your coaching staff in general to make him make acquiring him worthwhile. Like you don't go out and do that because you think hopefully he can figure stuff out and he'll be able to contribute. Like, no, like you have a plan, you have an idea, you have coaches that are pulling for him. Wes is screaming to sign him or whatever it is, like. I think if the guys who I would want to want him, which are KP from Kentucky, JB, who I want to, you know, see whether he sees it in him or not in terms of the guard skills and all that, which he, I, I do. Um, I would think J- JB would see something there as well. And if you think if Tibbs thinks he can make him into a passable defender, you take a shot on a guy like Monk, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I agree with you in the sense like people look at a player and they go, they go, oh no, 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 just just based on you know preconception, like pre whatever it is, like two K or like they watch one game and that's just stuck in their head, like whatever it is. But I think now you're at the point where like you should be trusting the coaching staff. Where if you sign a decent player they're going to be able to get something out of them. I mean, how many guys on the next year, this year had career years had the be- like, or if not a career year, one of their better seasons. I mean, you go down the list, Noel Burke, all efficiency. Yeah. yeah. All about it's, shot profile by mm-hmm. selection, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're all kind of the same thing here because these guys are only taking shots within their shot mm-hmm. diet. So it's like, they're all so bought in that their shot diet is their shot selection. You, you know, like they're yeah. not going to take that. Randall in the playoffs blew it. Um, and in an attempt to force the Hawks to respect his gravity to get teams, his teammates going, totally just stunk it up. Um, I, I think you get more guys on the court, like Fournier and Monk, stuff like that you know, bring Rose back and have more guys who can do basketball things like pass, shoot, and dribble, and you're on the right track, which is why I just say, like, the team with the lowest payroll in the league shouldn't be rushing to go make a trade right now. They shouldn't be rushing to go sign some big money guy just because, you know, he's good and, and he would make the team better. Like, we have to remember that this is the first year of this new regime and that the first off season that, yes, I know they handled the off season as a COVID off season. There was no training 
camp. Like Obi didn't get a real, real summer league experience because, you know, the training camp, even though it was extended, that's not summer league. IQ didn't either. He still killed it. But like for Obi to adjust to his new role, it would have been nice for him to, to have some summer league game, right? So I just think this is like going to be our first real full off season with this front office. I'm in no rush. Just make this team better. And for the 30th time, stay on your toes, stay flexible and, and ready to jump up to that next tier, uh, whether it's next season, next off season. Be ready. Yeah, I think a lot of how people view this season is going to be dependent on the off season because you, you think about back to like a team like Brooklyn right before they got Katie and, and Kyrie. If they make the playoffs, you know, D'Angelo Russell has a great year, exceed expectations. Like there's a lot of good feelings around them. But if they turn around and they just did basically nothing to improve, kind of stagnated and then fell out, obviously people wouldn't think so much about that one great year with Russell. I think the same thing can be said for the Knicks. Like if they go out and then next year they come back and they don't make the playoffs, I think we we view this season a lot differently. But what kind of we've been saying this whole pod and what you've been saying is like we do it, – it's it's different because we do trust the front office of like Leon Rose, Wes, Tibbs. All these guys seem to be pulling the rope in the same direction, um, which is not something that is typical for the Knicks of the last two decades, which – I had a thread that people liked um, where I just said that, like, Julius isn't going to be in the role he's in next year. Same mm-hmm. for RJ, same for – and then, like, going into the playoffs, you you trusted Tibbs and Leon and Wes and, and all those guys. Now you're pissed because the playoffs went how they did. But, like, why don't you still trust <laughs> – just, like, keep trusting them. Do it. Yeah. Like I'm telling you to just do it. If you trusted them before the playoffs, keep doing it. Don't use this playoff series as a reason to stop trusting the brain trust of the team. Yeah. It, there's, Randall's there's, not a number one. Barrett's not a number two right now. Randall's not a number one right now. However you want to say it. hundred percent like, fair to criticize, you know, if you want to criticize Tibbs for, you know, the the coaching in the playoffs. You want to criticize Leon Rose and West for, you know, not getting a Fournier or, you know, not doing something at the deadline other than Rose, which was obviously a great move. But if you want to criticize them for things like that, I think that's fair. Like, that's just – they lost in the playoffs. That's that's fair territory. But if you want to say, like, see, I knew they this this was all fool's gold, I think that's a little – that's an overreaction. For sure. It's just not fair to this roster to change your opinion that much on this season based on the playoffs. You can't. We didn't have the horses. That's okay. We'll be all right. It's all right. So this, so this playoffs doesn't change your opinion of Julius Randall at all. I think more people. I know this angle is lame or whatever. More people need to see it as like Julius is going to be such a good number two that in the regular season as a number one, he was able to carry the load. So once we get a real number one, uh, he'll definitely be able to, to contribute. We, we, he turned it around. Like he was just that so good 
that he was able to be a phony number one in the regular season. If you want to call, call him something, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest and, you know, fraudulent, whatever you want to say, like it didn't work in the playoffs because they threw coverages at him that he couldn't handle because he needs more guys on the court that also deserve to have those kind of coverages thrown at them. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good knowing if like, say you do get, you know, whoever that true number one is, it's good knowing you have Randall in your back pocket. If you know, your number one star goes down and he's going to be out for three, four five weeks. It's nice to know that you have like, okay, Randall has done this before. Randall has been a regular season. Number one, he's carried a team. He's been able to shoulder that load. I think having that is, is a nice little, uh, nice little almost like insurance policy or safety, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. Being be, like, I think, I think notably or significantly negatively changing your opinion on Julius Randall because of this series is moving goalposts more than it is fair criticism. Like, why is the standard now that he has to be a number one? He was just like, you were just saying his good season wasn't going to last. And then it lasted. And it was like, well, like once you started with the wells, it was over, <laughs> you know, like, like uh, I don't know why we're still doing this. Max, the guy, um, keep him in New York. And, and he's going to be a part of what we're doing here because he's proven that he should be. Oh, absolutely. You give him what's four years, 106 million. Absolutely. Not a debate. That. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, I tweeted call. it's the same contract as uh, Jalen Brown and CJ McCollum have. And it's, I mean, it's no one complains about those contracts. The question is, would you sign that contract if you were him? Or would you wait until you can sign a bigger deal? Because if he waits after this season, he can. Yeah, he can he can go even bigger, which yeah, he'll be in the league 10 years. Right. And then he can sign a Supermax. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he does that. Honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked if he if he waits until after this season. 10 after this season. If he signs signs it, if he signs a two year deal, then he'll be in the league. I think what I read was the two year deal. So Jeremy Cohen wrote the piece. Uh, go read it on the Strickland if you haven't, because then you'll understand the Randall contract situation. He can extend himself for two years this offseason to then be eligible for that 10 year oh, real, okay. real yeah, payday yeah. in two years. Um, but if you waited, if you did it next season, it still wouldn't be, it would, I think it would be more slightly, but not that more. Not just more. Then, if you waited two years, it would be like the big. Okay, yeah. Big. No, I, I offer him four and one hundred six in a heartbeat. The fact that that's a debate on Twitter is laughable to me. I don't. No. I don't get that. Yeah, from a, from from the Knicks perspective, that's an easy call. From the Knicks perspective, it's easy. I just don't know if it's easy for him anymore. I don't know if it's the smart move for him to do it or or wait. And it's betting on yourself, but he was so good during the regular season that it might be smart to wait. I don't know. It's tough, man. Yeah. You got to know, I guess, 
It all it depends on how badly he wants to be a Nick, and I don't think he has any desire to leave. So maybe yeah, he'll just he, sign he long term. Maybe he'll just sign for one hundred six. I hope so. That would be great for us. That would be absolutely great for us. Because then you can all you have to worry about if you lock Randall in at four one hundred six is just riding the waves until your guy's available. And then you just get shit going. Then you go, you just give whatever you, doesn't even matter. You just give whatever for that guy. And, and then you go fill out your roster with, with the ring chasers and whoever the hell else. You, you'll make it work. doesn't matter. You got a guy and Randall and Barrett in the building and quickly, you know, you're good. You're good. Just go win. That's it. I agree. I agree. Chris, this was awesome. As always, when you come on the show, a lot of fun, despite your negative ne- negativity towards Chris Paul. I had a great time. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull out the damn jersey. It's red. We, it's that's, red. Yeah, we got it's two, we got two jerseys on this one. We got the Chris Paul. I'll get the Joe Kim Noah. Like, yeah. Kip, you got to dig some somebody out of your closet. Uh, there's a Kobe one in there. Okay. I uh, got it somewhere. So I got the Kyrie me, Irving me high too. school jersey if if we want, we want to go crazy. I've got a co- I've got a gold Kobe jersey. Kyrie I don't have um KDOKC. Wow. Orange Carmelo. The cursed orange, not the Christmas orange, the cursed orange. Um I've, those are those are my Oh and the sleeved Steph Curry slate jersey. I Ooh, got nice. it at Oracle when I went, which oh. is the only arena besides Izod that I or that I've been to for an NBA game, and besides MSG and Izod. Um, when you said I'm going evil earlier, I thought you were gonna say Steph. I, I did <laughs> think you were gonna bring him up. <laughs> So we can we can do that for 30 seconds really quickly before I get out of here. Let's talk about it. Yes, you should want him. Yes, he's the best player like on the planet right now, even though he's you know at home and it's hard to not think it's Kawhi or someone else. Like Steph, Steph was so good this year. I was a Steph is better than KD guy the whole time in Golden State. So like I'm I'm really proud to still be standing by that. Um it's it's Steph and it's Golden State and they're gonna do right by him and he's gonna go down as a Bay Area sports legend and, and that's gonna be it. I, I don't I don't see it. I'm sorry. I would love so much for him to leave, but they'd be such idiots for yeah. them to KD, not give him the world. KD saying that the Knicks aren't cool. I didn't I didn't care. I was a cell phone, and if you asked me, because that was just him saying that he's old. And that he's not in touch with the kids because the kids definitely think the Knicks are cool, man. All these players watched up. I grew up watching Carmelo uh, at MSG, like get, having the whole arena explode every time he made a basket. Like the Knicks are cool and, and now they're good. Yeah. So we're going to be fine. The Knicks are cooler than the Nets. I know that very much. And the Nets have three superstars. Nah. Two and a half. Yeah, four if you count Joe Harris. Yeah. Okay. They do have three superstars. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now it's two just because you said that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I like this, la- like this is a pro Joe Harris podcast. Yeah, this it is, is. It is, and I I have comped myself in like in real life to Joe Harris because I like to think of myself as more than just a white guy who can shoot. Like I like to think that there's a little playmaking and some perimeter defense in there. Um, but the, is there, there probably is. There probably isn't. So no. <laughs> yeah, it's my handle. I have the playmaking vision. I just the ball's out of bounds by the time I realize that it's, <laughs> it's not it's not in my teammates' hand. That that that's all. That's all. That's 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 the end of my uh, my stand-up <laughs> bit. Um, I'm gonna take this opportunity to tell everyone to stay tuned to the next film school newsletter. I think because I'm gonna have a piece coming out at some point soon um, about the weird experience of being at the Garden for game five so that, that's all i've got to plug you guys know there you go. where i am and around but that article is coming out soon and i'm i'm excited about that so right ready for that to come out for sure i, I thank you guys as always for for having me on um i always say it it's always nice to get to talk sports with you guys for an hour and then have it be recorded and get to call it a podcast so you know. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah agreed man we look forward to yeah. that Thank you for coming on. Danny, you have Thank anything you. you want to plug, man? Um, no, I'll just be doing some Nets and Nick stuff, you know, Nick's postmortem stuff and then Nets um kind of playoff stuff. So just yeah. head over to Elite Sports NY. That's basically yeah. Danny's been doing a great job, if you don't know, co- live covering pretty much every uh NBA playoff game and doing Trying, yeah. uh gambling coverage too mm-hmm. and he's doing a did great you guys job. see what i did what you did do? you guys see no. what i did plus 800 eight in first basket oh, oh first yeah basket. the first yeah. basket I and love then it. the next day i hit on jjj first basket plus 1100 those are those are so like they're not they're not bets i would advise anyone to make five dollars free fun. bet on each yeah. of them this yeah, draft yeah, yeah. was the- running the promotion i was like how can I make the most of a $5 free bet? I should choose an athletic big man who, if they don't catch a lob mm-hmm. or get a, get a, get a bucket has the chance of getting an offensive rebound and a tip in off some first shot jitters. And I made enough money in two days to um, justify going to game five. So that was, that was nice. Nice. There you go. Very <laughs> nice. So those are my, those are my victories of the, of the month. Love it. Very nice. All right. We thank you for tuning in to another episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show and follow us on Twitter.